should I do with my life to find my best potential? What could be my purpose after my kids grow up? Many parents, especially women, take time from their careers to devote to their children. But as the children grow older, they wonder what to do with their life. Sometimes they f- they're afraid, they feel overwhelmed, they feel stuck, they feel like life is passing by. Are you in a similar situation? Are you also trying to find your purpose again, rediscover yourself, thinking about going back to school, but feeling, is it too late? Uh, you may be questioning, am I good enough? You can achieve more than you currently think is possible. Would you like to learn some steps that you can take to overcome these self-limiting beliefs and realize your potential at, by advancing your education? Then you are in the right place. As today, our guest will be sharing some practical steps that she herself and many of her mature students took to return to school later in life. You will learn tools to build your self-confidence so you can realize your best potential. Give us thumbs up if you are interested in the topic. Thank you. So uh, welcome to Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina. Here we share practical mild training tools to help you prevent suffering and live your full life. If this is the first time you're joining us, my name is Dr. Rosina, and I have been helping people with stress, anxiety, and depression over the last 20 years. I am a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry, best-selling author and speaker. I started this program, Happy and Healthy Mind, because I truly believe that a lot of suffering can be prevented mind training. So over here, we share practical tips for your mental fitness so you don't have to suffer unnecessarily. The purpose of this program is education and not treatment. So please consult your healthcare professional for specific treatment advice. We stream these interviews live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube and Facebook. If you are joining us live, you can post your question in the comment section and we'll try our best to respond. If you'd like to join in future, you can text us the word joyful at 38470 and we'd be happy to send you reminder and resources link. Again, the the mission of our program is to help more than a million people feel happier and healthier. So if you find value in these programs, please like, subscribe or share. So let's dive in in today's topic. And today joining us is uh, Jill Hasten, all the way from UK. Welcome, Jill. Thank you for joining. Hi. Hi, Dr. Rosina. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Jill has written more than 25 books on the subject of well-being for adults and children, uh, books on emotional intelligence, resilience, assertiveness, happiness, overcoming anxiety. She also delivers teaching and training for education organization, voluntary and business organization, and public sector. Jill's particular interest and motivation are in helping people to realize their potential, to live their best life. So, Jill, can you tell us how uh, how was your life before you started uh, taking the steps and returned to school as a mature student? Well, I, I was at school in a, a normal-sized town here in the UK uh, as a teenager, high school. It was quite a large school, actually, a 1,000 pupils. It was just something that you 
got through, I, this was in the 1970s for me, the late 1970s, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy school. I, it was just something that I had to do, got through it. I didn't think I was clever in any particular way. I was just average, like so many of us. No one was expected to go to university. No one did expect to go to university. Few did. But careers advice was pretty non-existent and you just sort of moved on to whatever jobs were available, really. I didn't feel that I had any particular skills or talents. But what I did want to do, though, was travel. So I did that. I went to the United States. I stayed with family in California and got a job as an au pair. I worked as a waitress back in the UK. I got a job with a friend in a hotel in Germany as a chambermaid a few years later and then I went down to the south of France and got a job for uh, with a travel company which was great I spent five years there it was it was really enjoyable I had I had a great time but again you know I just sort of moved from one no no clear plan I just moved on from one opportunity to the next and that was it but then uh, I met my husband we got married we returned to the UK and we had our family. He uh, trained as a photographer and worked for the national newspapers here. So he had a good job. Children started school and I thought, what am I going to do now? So what did you do? <laughs> yeah, what did I do? I thought, well, I, you know, I, I, there's no sort of jobs that I can do. There's no work that I can do that can fit around the children that that was the key sort of problem in a way and actually it turned out to be the best thing because I had limitations so often it's very easy to think oh no I can't do this I can't do that therefore I can't do anything but I thought okay here's here's the limitations here's the boundaries so what can I do around that and I thought well they're at school I might as well go to school so I discovered there was something that we call here in the UK an access course, and that's for mature students that didn't get their high school diplomas, but were interested in further study. So it was it was access course because it gave you access into further future study. But what I didn't realise until a few weeks into the course was it was specifically to give you the study skills and the confidence to go on to do a degree at university. So when they said, okay, so everybody now, we need to be starting thinking about what degree you want to apply for. I thought, what are they talking about? <laughs> what, a degree? Well, no one in my family has ever done a degree. No, it's, it's just not, it's not on, on my, you know, horizon. Um, I'm not clever enough. I'm not, yeah, why would I want to do that? And a couple of other friends that I've made on the course said, but didn't you didn't you realise that this was what the course was about? We're all going next week to an open day at the university. So we went to the university. We heard some people talk about their experience as mature students. So you know, any a mature student here in the UK is is anyone over the age of twenty five. So that's sort of anyone that hasn't done the normal route. So they could be twenty five to eighty five. Some mature students talked about their experience of coming on to uh, degree courses. And one woman who was about my age, in her 30s, talked about her degree that she was studying for in social anthropology. And I thought, huh? What is that? <laughs> and then when she described that it's all about the study of people's cultures, 
ideas, their beliefs, their religions, their history, I thought, oh my goodness, they've actually created a degree for me, for everything that I'm really <laughs> interested in. My, fa my family are Greek, I've got family in America, yeah, I've, got, I've traveled a lot. I mean, it, it's just what I, I was really interested in. So mm -hmm. I signed up and um, yeah, I got onto the degree course and did the three-year degree study and uh, yeah, it was great. And, and you know, with children in, in the meantime, and actually I have to say, I did, I did actually have a third child in the middle of the degree. So, yeah. <laughs> but you, you were able to go and complete it. So um, you must have gone through a lot of internal uh, conversation about overcoming these limiting belief. And we would love to learn how you overcame that. But before we do that, can you tell us how is your life different now? Well, compared to like how it would have been if you would not have taken this leap? Yeah, I, I think I would never have realized what I was capable of and what my potential was. I think I probably would have not really had any sort of clear direction. I would have just sort of moved from one thing to another, whatever came up. I don't think that it would have helped me to uh, decide, okay, this is what, uh, because what I wanted to do at the end of the degree, although that was great, what really inspired me was that access course because it showed all of us that were on that course that none of us were stupid or thick. We were all perfectly capable. It, it made me realize, and I, I genuinely believe this, that if that we've all got the potential to do whatever we would like to achieve. So if you'd like to go to university, I'm not saying that's the thing for everybody, but we've all got the cognitive ability unless you have a, a cognitive disability or you have some sort of brain damage, we all have the same levels of intelligence. None of us are more intelligent than the other. We all have different ways of learning and we were really helped to understand this on the access course. And so that's what inspired me to think that's what I want to do. I want to help other people. So to... what do you do now? So now I, well, I, from then, after that, I, after the degree, I then did another further year's study in training to be a teacher for mature students. And I've always taught in what we call here adult education. So I've taught on all sorts of courses and devised my own courses around personal development study skills and career development and alongside that so I, I didn't this isn't worth noting as well I didn't start what I call a proper job or a career until I was 40. I then started teaching I did that for 10 years and then I got into writing and I, I've been writing books and teaching for the last 10 years now so so 20 years all in all, in all. yeah. Yeah so yeah and I'm just kind of thinking how much opportunity would have been lost if you did not take that step? All the people that you benefit, you've written yeah. 25 books. So yeah. I don't know how many lives have been impacted and all the students that you have helped. That potential to make the difference in other people's life with your life, with your potential, with your skills, yes. would have been lost if you would not have taken the step. 
absolutely right, Rosina. You know that that's um, you know I recognise about that about myself. There's no point being modest. I ha I know I have made a difference. People tell me all the time uh, with the emails or or, or in, in classes. But yeah, everyone else that there, there's if if you realise your potential in any area, whether it could be as a gardener, you know, doing something creative, doing something scientific, helping other people in, in, in some way, helping yourself in some way. Yeah, you, you've got something to contribute. Mm -hmm. We all have. And so by realising your potential, you've actually got something to offer the world. That, that doesn't mean to say there's a pressure for you to do that, but we've all got that within us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a woman yesterday that, you know, these uh, she, she helps people find the area where they can contribute the most, you know. So somebody could just be want to be um, an artist or they want yeah. to explore music or learn to play a new instrument. So learning is not just the university, but university is one of the ways. So before I ask you, let me ask the audience, uh, people who are listening, please press uh, uh, enter in the comment section what do you think what age is too late to educate uh, <laughs> and while people are putting their answers um jill what is the oldest uh, person you have helped uh, to go to university well i've i've had people in their 70s people in in their 80s and in fact in my very own family my um father-in-law when he was 80, he would he said I, he was so interested and inspired by my experience of study that he, he'd retired and he said, well, I've got all this time. He said, I'm really interested in history. Uh, there's a degree in modern history at the university that I went to here in, in Brighton. He said, that covers everything. It covers my whole lifetime. He said, I could do a degree in modern history. And he did. He, he, got, he, he, got, he finished his degree at the age of 82, I think it was. Yeah. So that really is never too late. Wonderful. Never too late to educate. That's great. Um, and thank you for, uh, for all the people who are sharing their response in the comment. Um, all right, so can, let's kind of uh, dive in, into that uh, eight tips you were sharing, uh, realize your potential, that confidence pocketbook that you're going to share. And let me also tell the audience that Jill has graciously shared the gift of these eight top tips that you would be able to uh, get by joining our uh, Facebook group, Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina. So uh, let's go ahead. Uh, and before I go, I, I'm inspired by this comment. Uh, Shamshad has shared that she went to school with a 90-year-old lady. Oh, so <laughs> that video, so thank yeah. you for sharing. All right. So uh, yeah, can we dive in into some of the tips that our audience can apply if they are struggling with uh, finding purpose in life, no matter which kind of purpose? Mm, I think these mm. are generally applicable, but especially for somebody who's considering going back to school. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the first thing I would say is that it's actually important to have a, a clear understanding of what confidence is. We talk about, oh, I'm not, I don't feel very confident about doing this. I, I wouldn't have the confidence to study, for example. I, I don't think I'd be any good at it. So it's important to understand actually what confidence is. And confidence isn't what you can do and what you can't do. Confidence is what you think and believe that you can or can't do. 
So when you're feeling confident, when you believe that you can do something, you have a positive attitude about yourself and your abilities and you believe that things will probably turn out well. When, when you're not feeling confident, you don't believe that things will turn out well. And the only way to be to find out whether your beliefs are true or not is to move forward and, and try it out. And there's things that we can do to build our confidence, which is what happened to me. I started with like, oh, I won't be able to do this. But actually several things happened, which I'll talk about as these steps that helped me to feel more confident. Mm -hmm. All right, so what would be the next? So, yeah, so first of all, it's about thinking about identifying and reminding yourself of what your strengths are. We've, we've all got strength, there's no doubt about it. There's, there's no point of any false modesty here. There's, we've all got qualities and strengths. So I recognized for myself when I made the decision, okay, all right, then I am gonna go ahead. I, I'm, I'm gonna take up the challenge. I'm, gonna, I'm going to do a degree. I knew about myself that I am, persistent I, I looked at the things that I felt I would needed for study I'm this is for me other people would have different qualities I'm persistent I'm punctual I meet deadlines I yeah I, I knew that I would struggle but I, I looked at the things that I can do and am capable of and kept reminding myself of those rather than it's very easy and this is what knocks your confidence is to look at what you haven't got much better to go okay there, there's some areas that I'm weak in but here are the areas that I'm strong in these are my skills and my qualities and my abilities and you have to keep reminding yourself of those and how they can help you achieve whatever it is that you're working towards yeah and sometimes having the passion helps you overcome your weakness so I always yeah. say strengthen your strength and weakness uh, weaken your weaknesses and yeah. um uh, just a just a sneak peek. I am going to share a really cool technique that helps people build further confidence for special of the day today. But let's stick with Jill's uh, recommendations right now. And uh, before I, before you go to the third point, let me ask the audience if you can identify what are your personal strengths, and uh, maybe add one personal strength in the comment section so you can establish in your mind. So. Please enter what is one strength that can help you move forward and recognize your best potential. Here I want to kind of share a little story about my life is like when I was preparing to medical school and I was doing my year assessment and talking to a career planner, I really wanted to be a doctor. But I had a little problem with memory. So I, I, I was not that good at remembering names. And, you know, uh, rote memory was not my strongest uh, feature. I was, I was very analytic, so I could solve the problem. I was very good with the science and math subjects, but I was not very good at uh, the subjects where you have to memorize. And, you know, in the medical school, you have to memorize so many things. You had to memorize the names mm -hmm. of the diseases, the medication, all these symptoms. And so I felt that I was not good enough to go to medical school because I had this memory problem. But I had very strong passion for going to medical school. 
And I think that allowed me to overcome that weakness. And I developed other tools to overcome that weakness and was able to get through the medical school and residency and all the things that were that are needed for my profession. So it's a little message that if you feel like you're deficit in one area, that doesn't mean that you cannot overcome it. You can develop other areas to overcome some um, areas of deficits. All right. So what would be our third step that we can take? Well, it relates to what you were saying, Rosina, about having this passion. That's fantastic. But even if it's not something that you've, you're passionate about, but it's it's having a clear goal, that's important. Once you've decided that, okay, I want to move forward, well, forward with what? What what do you want to achieve? Is, is it something around, um, yeah, studying? Is it learning to be something or what, to understand something? Is it something, you know, maybe you want to build your own house, for example, or travel somewhere, not, not so easy at the moment in, during the pandemic, <laughs> but, but maybe you want to start your own business, maybe you want to work for yourself, or whatever it is, be, be very clear about what exactly is it that I want to work towards here. Um, and yeah, you might be absolutely passionate about it, or it might be something that you're just very interested in. So for me, social anthropology when once I realized it was a thing that was what I was interested in and I, I recognized that's what I want to do I want to learn all of as much as I can about this and at the end hopefully pass and, and get a, de a degree which I was but but that's what you know having having a clear aim and a goal and that might change a bit you might have to be a bit flexible according to how things develop but have a clear goal in the first place yeah. Yeah. I think in your um, fourth point kind of goes in the in the together with that, because sometimes you may not know what your goal is. So one of the techniques that I help teach people is to write down all the things that attract you and that appeal to you that you like. And so when I'm helping somebody trying to define what they want to do, I help them um, make a sheet for each profession or each direction that you want to go and keep it kind of in the visible place, each sheet, and have the column pros and cons mm. of the T-shirt. And then you keep on adding points as you go through over a few days, few weeks, few months, you'd be able to keep putting things and that would allow you to define that goal, that direction. And so once you make the uh, take that direction, then you can take the step-by-step -step approach. So uh, uh, while you tell us about step-by-step -step approach, let me ask the audience also that you know, when you write your goal down, it establishes in your brain. So why don't you go ahead and write what is one goal you have in life at this time in the comment section? So it establishes yourself and you commit yourself. And meanwhile, Jill, go ahead and tell us the fourth step, how to take the step-by-step -step approach. Yeah, well, I, I just want to say what you said about that, that idea of, of writing down everything that you might be interested in and then adding to the pros and cons. I completely agree with that 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 sort of takes the pressure off as well if you haven't got one clear goal then yeah having a few ideas and then adding to to that with pros and cons and extra information that you you get over a period of time really can help you clarify okay what is it that I'm aiming for here and what can I see would and wouldn't work so yeah I totally agree with, with uh, you Rosina on that that's an absolute great way of going forward and then 
when you have got something that you think, well, that's what I want to do, it can seem enormous and daunting, you know, but I, I didn't think to myself, oh my goodness, I've got to get this degree. I thought, okay, it's three years. I will do it one week at a time. That, that, and, and then I will also do it one semester at a time. So it's really important that whatever it is that you identify that you want to do, that you break it down into a step-by-step -step approach and you then think, okay, so what am I comfortable doing? So talk about your comfort zone. You know, what, what can I do? What am I comfortable? Where am I at right at this moment? Okay, what's the next step? then the next, then the next, and then you take the first step, see how that works out, then the next step, then the next step. And all of this relates to building your confidence as well, because we use that term, building confidence. So achieving goals, building confidence, it's this stepped approach, and, and, and it's a lot more doable when we think of it in that way. Yeah, one of my coaches used the word micro-commitment. And he says, you know, can I just, you know, identify just the very next small step and then say, can I just, and you achieve that, you feel more confident, then you say, can I just, and then you keep on one step at a time and you reach your destination. All right. So what's the fifth point that you can do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, that, that, that small thing, and that small thing could even just be making a phone call or doing a bit of research on the internet. It can be that tiny don't don't dismiss a small step like that those micro steps absolutely even that is you moving forward all the time then as well as taking a step-by-step -step approach the fifth thing i would say is that you need to draw on your courage now courage comes from the french word for the heart core c-o-u-r are the first four letters of the word courage and that means that you have to yeah, it comes from the heart. Courage comes from the heart. And courage means that you do something even though you are fearful or scared or nervous or anxious. You don't wait until you feel completely fine about doing something. You actually acknowledge to yourself, I'm feeling a bit about this, a bit scared about this. But that's okay, and you move forward anyway and do it. And, we, and and just think of other times in your past where you've done something even though you felt a little bit afraid. And that that can it just goes to show we've all done that in the past, and you can do it again. Yeah, you know that book I like, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's a classic self-help by Susan Jeffers. Absolutely. Wonderful. All right, what's the sixth step? The sixth step is be aware of comparing yourself with everyone else. Don't, don't let that suddenly become an obstacle for you to, to think, oh, yeah, but, you know, I know my, my sister-in-law, she did this, or my cousin or my neighbor, and I'm not as good, or I, I wouldn't be able to do that, or they've got this, she's got more money than me, it's easier for her, they've got better resources than I have, or they haven't got three kids like I had. Don't be doing all that. Actually, what you need to do, what you need to compare yourself, you need to compare yourself with you. So look at where you were and where you're heading for. And when it comes to other people, you need to actually be inspired by others. See other people as role models rather than people to compare yourself with because, because you can't. 
we're, we're all very different. We're all very unique. And we might think that we're similar just because someone else is the same age or lives in the same street as us, but actually we're all very different. So if you see someone else that's got more than you or you think is better than you, be inspired by that. Don't, don't feel daunted by that. Yeah. yeah, one of my students said, I'll try to be more like you. I said, try to be more like yourself yeah. because original is always better than the copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's very good. Wonderful. So what's the seventh point? Well, that, that relates to about being inspired by other people. And and, uh, and that's about spending time with positive people. So one of the things when I think back to that access course that I did, the tutors that we had on there were so supportive and encouraging. And as I say, they, they, they just said, well, OK, so now you need to think about what degree you want to do. It was just... They just naturally assumed that you were sort of clever enough. They were just, yeah, they, they, they had this expectation that, well, you can do this. So confidence comes from not just what you believe about yourself. It also comes from what other people believe about you. That's an absolute fact. There has to be both. It's no good um, you thinking you're great if everybody else doesn't. And no good everybody else thinking you're great if you don't. You've got to have that parity there so identify the positive people in your life the people that will encourage you support you you need those people and they could be yeah they could be friends family neighbors but they can think more widely people that in, uh, inspire you and are positive they could be people that you read about they could be the people Rosina on, on, on your uh, webcast like, like these so People think of positive people. There's plenty of negative people in the world that can sort of bring you down. Think of the positive people, people who make you laugh, who introduce you to new ideas, who inspire you. It's really important to, to draw on positive people all the time. Wonderful. Yeah, I really like your point that, you know, sometimes, you know, somebody say, oh, my my husband is not supportive or my family is not supportive, so I cannot do it. Well, you can find other supportive people and you can find inspiration from everybody else. So you don't have to just stick to the closest family members to be all your support system. You can have many other, you know, friends, family, authors, inspiring people around you who can inspire and then I think sometimes we blame other people for yeah. our negative beliefs. I think the change starts from inside you. Definitely. So yes, you get affected by outside people, but the intention to be positive needs to start from inside you. So how can we develop that? Uh, any point on that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's about positive thinking. Absolutely. Again, I just want to pick up on something you said there about, you know, it's easy to go, oh, my partner's not very supportive or my mum always puts me down or, or whatever. Okay, fine. That's, that's fine. A accept that, but focus on the positive people. You know, they're the people that you should be attracted towards. So that leads on to actual positive thinking for yourself. And the thing about positive thinking is it's really important that to understand that positive thinking doesn't mean that you deny the difficulties and the negatives and challenges. It's absolutely important to acknowledge what the difficulties, problems and challenges are and to therefore then think of are there solutions, ways around the difficulties and problems and then 
to either put them to one side or realize there's something you're going to work on, but then think, well, what are the positives? What is good in any one situation? This is the difficulty, these are the challenges, but what are the good things? What can I look forward to? What am I capable of? What can I do? Who do I know? So anytime you start thinking to yourself, because because this just undermines your confidence. If you're thinking, right. oh, well, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm no good at that, I haven't got this. When it's very difficult to be aware of when we're thinking negatively, because it's easy for that just to happen. And then at our brain believes whatever we tell it. Right. So when you do recognize that you're thinking uh, negatively, then just say to yourself, stop. I am not thinking like that. I'm not going there. I'm not thinking like that. And then refocus your thoughts on something, on, on thinking more positively. And another small trick that I'll, I'll just end by saying here is that, and this is what's interesting about the English language, is the use of the word but if you say if you're aware of yourself telling yourself something negative like for example oh yeah but my partner's not very supportive or encouraging then put the word but and that forces you the way the language our language is constructed to then say something positive so it might be yeah but i haven't got enough money but then it forces you to think of a solution. So whenever you, think, whenever you say something negative to yourself or you're aware of saying something negative, put the word but, and then it forces yourself to find a solution and say something positive. That is wonderful because, you know, I've always thought but was a negative word because, you know, when people say, yeah, I would like to do this, but I don't have enough money. I would like to do this, but I don't have enough energy or this. So people use but for the rational, right. for not doing something. Yeah. But you use the, the opposite way. Well, that, that, yeah. you know. so there's, a, there's a very, very simple um, way language is structured for that. So I'll just quickly say, when you say something negative and then say but, you have to say a positive. When you say something positive and say but, you then have to say a negative. But if you say something positive, if you say, I'd love to go to college, if then when you say something positive and then you put an and in, and I am going to find out how that's possible. So I would love to become a, a, an amazing baker to create beautiful cakes. If you put but, then you're going to go to a negative. But if you put and, then you're again, you're forced to make a solution. Yeah. So is it just interesting the way our language instructed with the ands and the buts? Right, right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You know, we're running out of time, but it is so interesting and we keep on going. But uh, And we have a special coming in. So let's kind of wrap up as, but yes, but. I'm using yeah. <laughs> You're going to be too conscious of it now. Yeah. Uh, so let me tell the audience, uh, yeah, you guys can get this gift that we went through uh, in PDF form by um, logging in to this website or uh, texting, as I told earlier. So Jill, if people don't do take that step, can we summarize what would happen if they don't uh, take their courageous step and um, and move on and rediscover themselves? Yeah, I think the the danger is that you're you're risking always wondering what could have been. That that's the thing. And yes, you've got diff, there, there's difficulties and, and and boundaries and challenges and things that get in the way. But there's always a wrap 
solutions around that with the help of being other people being courageous taking one step at a time you can do it but if you don't you will unfortunately often think oh, i wonder what would have happened if i'd, I'd done this or I'd, I'd tried that so yeah so thank you so much for your message and i think um i would just add it's never too late to educate and Definitely. you guys can get uh, jill's books um, at amazon there are many books as i mentioned earlier and uh, let's jump right away in that special because I think it is very much related. So special for today is called Grateful Achievement. And it is for those times when it is hard for you to identify your achievement because either uh, you feel that would be too arrogant or you can't identify. And it has helped me and many of my patients and students. Would you like to learn? All right. So uh, what? let me use this example of a woman. She was, um, I was a medical director at a drug treatment program at that time. And I had a patient who had, who was in the drug treatment because she, because it was court mandated and she had lost the custody of her two kids and they were making these vision boards. So in vision boards, you make, you know, all the things that you would like to achieve in life. And so she was putting all these things, but she couldn't really relate because she felt like, you know, she was here, like, you know, she had lost everything. How can she reach those, those goals that she's identifying in the vision board? So I added a step for her and we called it grateful achievement. And it came from an achievement list that John Asaraf teaches. And so what he does is, in addition to making a vision board, he makes an achievement list. So all the things that you have been able to achieve till now. So when you put them on the achievement list, it gives you this confidence that you can achieve more. So I come from a, a also culture where identifying your achievement or saying ab about your strength is not such a great virtue. You know, you need to be humble. Otherwise, you'd say she's too proud. She's too arrogant if she talks about that. So I, I had a hard time doing that. But gratitude is a great value for me. So what I did was instead of making an achievement list, I started saying, I'm grateful that I was able to achieve. Then I could put on like, you know, that I was able to learn to drive or I was able to learn to quit, uh, cook or uh, sew or, you know, go to medical school or, you know, raise the kids or do whatever things that you have been able to achieve. So if you put down, I'm grateful that I was able to achieve and then put all the things, whether to put the pictures or in words, then it would be a list that would boost your confidence that would allow you to feel that you can achieve the future goals. So I hope that would help. Um, please uh, share it in the comments. Let me, let me know how it makes a difference in your life. And remember, whatever happened yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. Today is the gift. Therefore, we call it present. So every day is a new opportunity to make a new difference in your life, in other people's life, and keep progressing towards your best potential. Stay healthy and safe. Thank you, Jill, for joining. And until next time.